Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Was that recording? Not yet. Oh, I you was just hoping you'd it. go on with your vocal exercises. Me, 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 me. I went, I don't even remember what I said I anymore. don't either. I was just chanting, oh my goodness, at different pitches. In different octaves. Oh, yes. Welcome to our show about ghosts and crime. And octaves. And singing. Um, what if this was a singing show all of a sudden? Lord, that would... Imagine if it was uh, kind of like that episode of How I Met Your Mother where everything we did was in rhyme. Oh, dear God. Wow. I that think would be actually, talented. I think we've actually said that before. I think we... I think I'm kind of just hoping maybe one day we... It naturally happens. <laughs> You're just vision board. The gods just will it for us. Oh, no. Anyway. Eva, write us a script <laughs> for an hour and a half long. Make a 90-minute rhyming script. <laughs> Thanks, Eva. Basically, a poem is what we're asking for. <laughs> A 90-minute poem. Write us a love uh, poem in iambic pentameter. Oh, <laughs> love a good iambic pentameter. While you're at it, what what is the Odyssey again? A book, in my mind. Oh, for God's sakes. A historic legend. Oh, uh, you know, it's one of those long things. I forget what it's called. A rhombus? A slanty boy? It might be called an odyssey of sorts, an odyssey of the mind. All the, like, history majors are... Li- all the literature majors whatever <laughs> whatever you smart people are oh uh, it's a it's a long book i feel like someone once left us a review like i don't believe they have master's degrees believe me we don't either yeah i'm so surprised i'm the f- still pretty sure it was a scam my mom watched me get into grad school and then looked at me and said how did that happen <laughs> and i was like dude i don't know it was because the gods wanted me to meet christine for this podcast so uh, you're the, welcome the gods of the odyssey if you will the goddesses the goddesses Listen, I got something going for me, and it's slight puns. Uh, anyway. And some singing octave. Guys, we've been here since 3 o'clock. It is now coming on to 6 o'clock. Can you tell that we really are just out our, of sorts? Our brains are fried. We hadn't seen each other in a while, and so we were catching up. We were making some... Had a meeting of sorts. We a did. productive meeting. A business meeting. A business meeting, That if ended you will. with us throwing shit at the fan and seeing where it went. I should have gotten my McDonald's expensed then, <laughs> considering have. we talked so you much. should have. Um, also, because it's, nine, it's 6 o'clock and uh, the sun is starting to set in my eyes, I haven't 
we haven't been in this room in the dark in a long time great so well good news is it doesn't get dark till nine so unless it's a three-hour episode does that mean the sun's gonna just stay specifically in the skylight in my eyes yeah i thought you enjoyed it <laughs> you don't like it no i'll i'll, I'll make it work it's fine <sighs> i only probably realistically 20 minutes from now it won't be in my eyes um but yeah christine i know we've mentioned it before but christine has this really weird one random off-center skylight <laughs> yeah it's true and it always points just in my fucking face so <laughs> i guess to be fair that's because you get to sit on the burrow couch i guess yeah if you want to sit in the pink armchair we can trade <laughs> i do like my burrow couch um all right well do you, how's how's your week been what have you been doing oh you know jcu jcnmu um hbu I what have I been doing? I've been swimming a lot. Good for you. Um, now that I I forgot for like the first like six months of living in this apartment that we have a pool. Well, I'm just told me they found a gerbil in the pool. That was something I, I was, was intentionally not and then, mentioning. And to was you. like, oh, I forgot. I didn't tell you this on purpose when I was like crying on the couch. Yeah. Well, so we one time Allison and I were gonna go swimming, and then we went to the pool, and uh, basically the pool is in the center of the apartment complex so it's not like away from the building it's almost as if the building itself is hollowed out and there's a pool inside so when you're in the pool and do a 360 turn you're looking into different people's windows on the first floor cute it's literally like just the most concrete la version of a neighborhood pool for sure and um so i my guess is someone on the first no, floor i don't want to talk about well, it you brought it up I so know. Um, I know someone on the first floor probably had a gerbil, probably left the door open. The gerbil got out and was just running and ran right into the pool and was too small to get out. And so when Allison and I that one day were like, let's go swimming. We haven't used the pool yet. We looked into the water and there was a freshly deceased gerbil, which is awful. But it also made us not want to get in the water until the all the water was drained and gutted the and gerb- cleaned. Because the gerbil ghost, right? And now it's haunted by a gerbil ghost. Right. R.I.P. R.I.P. But now that now that the pool is clean, I'm I'm swimming a lot more. I mean the way the way that I behave when there's a fruit fly in danger, like the thought of a gerbil, I can't think about it, and I can't think about the little child who lost their gerbil. I've built a whole backstory about or it. Or a full blown twenty seven year old adult that Cor- has a gerbil like us. Correct, val, val, very valid. I think that's worse than if it's a child. A child doesn't think of the backstory. Well, but if a child finds the, their own dead gerbil, uh, the child didn't because we called the manager and said, just so you know, there's a dead animal in the <sighs> pool. I'm traumatized. And I'm assuming it's a pet. I'm assuming it's a pet because I don't know of any wild gerbils in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, well, you haven't looked very hard. I guess not. <laughs> not in the right places. The colonies of wild gerbils. Um, but yeah, so now I'm swimming more. Um, what else? Yesterday, I basically took the whole day off and uh, started at 10 o'clock with RJ and binged all of Stranger Things oh my God. and got done by six. Blaze and I watched it in uh, 48 hours, but nice. still binged it. So good. It was really good. Yeah, we committed. Last year... I came home when we... Yeah, I remember last year, guys. Maybe a year... Whenever the last season came out, we were still living in the Pasadena house. And um, I came home from, I think, being on a date with Allison because we didn't live together yet. Yeah. And RJ had... This was when we worked at the prop house, so he rented so out a bunch of stuff. Cute, and he rented out props literally from the Stranger Things set, like the Christmas. He lights. had the Christmas lights. Ugh. He wrote the letters all over the wall and made it look like we were on the set of Stranger Things, Did, like Eggo waffles and stuff. He bought a, a like a sixty count Eggo pack, and he got stuff from mimosas and stuff. So we woke up and we watched all of them in one day. So we committed to doing it again That's, this year. Were there waffles this time? There were waffles. Um, now that RJ is closer in his swimming training he's eating healthier so they were gluten-free waffles 
Um, but thank you, Canadian fans, because we have a lot of Canadian maple syrup. That's right. I do, too. I and like if you drench a gluten free waffle in enough Canadian maple syrup, it tastes Ugh. it balances out well to be a good waffle. So. Yeah. Um. um, but yeah, we don't work at the prop house, so we couldn't rent out anything this time. But but waffles still a good time are for everyone. We really pounded through them. It was really good. I, we've got a lesbian on the show this season. I was season. so excited. The that, second and when I, I watched Steve go, but she's a girl. Wait, wait, we're spoiling. Well, oops. You can't blame me. We're LGBT allies and big friends and community members here. So we're too excited to disclose Sorry, things. Sorry, we spoiled it. There's a lesbian. It's not really spoiling any of the scares unless That's... you're scared of lesbians, in which case don't listen to our podcast because <laughs> we talk about the gays very happily here. Yeah. Um, but no, there there's definitely a queer icon. Definitely thought Will was going to be the queer icon, but they fooled me. I did too. I thought he was going to be gay. I thought we were going there, but... They, they did a plot twist on me, which I'm very excited about. I already have so many theories for next season. I'm not spoiling anything else. We'll talk about it We'll talk later. about it later. Hey, everyone. How are you? How's your life oh, going? Oh, I'm good. I, I guess I'll say it. I don't know if I was going to say it. I'll say it. Don't freak out, everybody. Em hates when I say that. Actually, Do I know what you're going to say? I hate when Em says that. I, I think so. Don't freak out, everyone. Oh, God. But I've, I've taken a little bit stock of my own life and well-being, and I realized... This is getting a little little deep into things. Sorry, y'all. If you're scared of lesbians and or oh. me and or intense things. Say it whole, louder for the people who are scared of lesbians. This podcast isn't for you. <laughs> um, and no, I'm not coming out right now. That's not what I meant that to That would insinuate. be a dream. And also we should bring Blaze in and if also, that was the case. And also you'd be like, wait, 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 wait. You're not, you're saving this for the podcast. No, no. Sorry. Sorry. Are you gay? I'm not unfortunately but <laughs> i'm not a queer. trust me i've tried i want to be a queer icon and i just can't trust um, me trust me no so what i was gonna say is i've taken stock of my own lifestyle and well-being and i've realized that i was personally for myself drinking a little too much for my own liking oh wow and well-being and so i have been slowing down my drinking a little bit like i still drink so don't don't be feel weird about like tagging me in wine stuff because <laughs> wine is still my best friend don't ever but all i'm saying is i've kind of limited it to a couple nights a week because i will be honest with you it was getting to a point where i was drinking pretty much every single night and it got to a point where i was like i don't even enjoy this it's just a habit it's just mm. like i'm becoming a little too close to dependent on it for my comfort level and so i've taken stock and after and i was like oh it hadn't even occurred to me really to try and then after my colonoscopy i, I was forced for three days to not drink right and when i came out of it i was like oh like i guess <laughs> i don't have to <laughs> like it just felt like such an ingrained habit at this point that sure. like it never occurred to me and, and then so, you were forced to not do it for a while and yeah. you were like oh this is fine i'm alive right and i was like oh and i'm enjoying life and i'm waking up headache free and yeah so I've, I'm, I've been trying to and i'm cut back yeah and i mean i'm still drinking like i had a beer yesterday but just trying to slow down a little bit you know i think it also was not our intention with the podcast but i do think like it's implied that you are also going to be drinking all the time yes and so it's also implied that like during live shows you would be drinking right which means that we did like four months night after night after night of live right. shows which meant you were drinking every single night. I mean, night. we did 40. It, we kind of all brought the habit <laughs> upon you. I you think. pushed me into the <laughs> pool of wine. I don't think it started from anything negative. I think it truly did come out of habit of like, oh, yeah, well, you drink tonight because right. you have to go on stage. Right. Oh, and like, you drink tonight I now. come from a family where we drink pretty heavily and like, you know, I don't know. It's just part of my like family's lifestyle, like 
it's just what we do, which is sad, right. but it's not like weird to drink most nights of the week. But yeah, you're right. Like we did what? 42 shows. And I drank at every single show because, you know, right. the venue would just provide wine. And I was like, oh, this is my thing. And so it got to a point where I was like, OK, I need to while we're not on tour to take stock of, you know, sure my priorities and uh, my my well your life. Yeah. So listen, I uh, maybe that'll change back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> this is kind of a relatively new the past couple of weeks. But um, yeah, just trying to slow down a little bit. Well, if you got the the time now i can offer you some nice milkshake recipes see that's so, the other thing is you can now come over to my that side. i drink a lot less i'm kind of like oh i, I could think just... christina's team milkshake all of a sudden guys Do you know how much ben and jerry's i've had more than i've ever had in my life in the past two i'm weeks. telling you it's its own habit it's unbelievable because yeah. now after dinner i'm like well i'm not drinking so what am i gonna eat right <laughs> you always have to have something, something after dinner it's midnight i haven't eaten in four hours like i need something what i'm not I'm not going to say it because there are people I don't want to triangulate myself, but I, now that I live in Burbank, I am much closer parentheses, maybe if I wanted to walking distance, like in a, in a, a far walking distance, but close enough that if I really wanted to go get ice cream at any time I could. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I'm just, it's not really much of a spoiler. I'm just close to more gas stations. So I don't, I don't think that's really triangulating <laughs> like, I think me. there's a lot of ice cream in Los Angeles. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like I, 24 hours a day, if I wanted, I could just go get ice cream now. And now that it's so much yes. more accessible yes. than when I lived in Pasadena and I was like, oh, I have to go grocery shopping for ice cream. Right. Now it's like, oh, I could just eat it whenever I want. And it's like, mm, I should now actually be more aware of what right. I'm doing to myself. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. So I'm trying to like be... I guess just kinder to myself and like really listen to what my, if my, if I'm like there, I'm going to be fully frank with you. There were times where I was like, I really don't feel like drinking, but like I did. Cause it's just what you did. It's what I did. And like, I couldn't picture not drinking. Sure. Anyway. So I know a lot what of you, have you learned about yourself so far. Anything? Honestly, I'm just <laughs> so cheesy. I feel like I'm back in therapy. Uh, <laughs> well, what what is this podcast, really? Why did we really create this podcast? No, I really, honestly, like, I keep saying this to Blaze, but, like, I'm very proud of myself because for the last, I don't know, six or seven years, to be frank with you, I've never gone a week without drinking besides Whole30. And, like, it's just something I never thought I could do because I'm like, well, that's... Well, it's also, to be fair, it's also so ingrained in society that you should be having a drink. Right, happy hour every couple or days after or work or like we're millennials. You I, know? Don't, I don't think the world tells you that you can go a week without drinking. Right. I think the world just says like, well, you should be doing that because that's the only definition of fun for adults. Right. And like, I mean, I know we've talked about this, but like there's also heavy alcohol abuse genetically in my family. And like, sure. I, you know, I'm not saying that's where I was. I'm just saying it was at a point where I was like. You could have crossed over. Yeah, too close for comfort. And there were times where I was like, this is not healthy. Like, I'm doing... Like, I, wow. I need to cut back a little well, bit. Well, good for you. I'm proud of you. I appreciate that. We're Thank all proud you. of you. And also, I'm eating so much more ice cream now. See? I'm telling you, good things come out of drinking less. You're, you're, there's more room in your belly for dessert. It's finally time that I'm becoming M. I'm taking over. Listen, if you guys are also struggling... I don't know if I would consider yours a struggle. Maybe you do. But I don't want to speak for you. But if there are people out there who are wondering, could I quit... Just remember there's more room for ice cream at the end of <laughs> yeah, the day. Yeah, I was actually, literally before you got here, I was in the shower and I was thinking, I was like wondering if I was going to even bring this up on the show and I don't know. I said no and then I did it anyway. What, what else about is new? Right. Sounds about right. But uh, I was thinking like, honestly, if somebody two months ago had been like, oh, you're just not going to be drinking in July. Like, 
unheard of i was like that's literally unless i'm like in the hospital and they will i can't let blaze smuggle me in booze like it's not possible (laughs) and so just take it from someone who truly honest to god like you've listened to this podcast like it's never occurred to me to to really attempt to not drink and somehow like a couple days of just not doing it has really cleared up my mind that like oh i can control when i do it and yeah it's possible it's scary it is very scary because i think there's a part of you that's like oh well i do this every day this is my I mean, yeah, breaking any habit is really hard, yeah. but especially one that comes with an addictive yeah, exactly. background. Exactly. And if it like changes your thinking or your whatever, and that's who you associate. Like if after right. 6 p.m. I'm like, I'm always having wine. So right. that's like my mindset. Right. And so that kind of it is weird at 11 when I'm like, oh, like I'm completely sober. <laughs> like are you intentionally not drinking now? Or are you just finding that now that you've kind of broken the habit? Yeah, it's not I think happening. It's more that. And it's a lot less scarier than I thought. I thought I would have to like, like you're not sitting there thinking like, I want to drink, but I shouldn't I have I to lock drink, it away. It's right. very much like, oh, I forgot to drink it's, today. Exactly. Got it. And I just that's kind of better. And, and I was so jealous when it's people more freeing. It is. And I was so jealous because a lot of people would say like, oh, I drank a lot last night. So like, I'm not drinking tonight. And I was like, I don't know what that's like. Like, I really don't. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> right, right, right. But so I, I will say it is possible. It is scary. And it's hard. And so if you, you know listen yeah just know that it's possible well we're very proud of you i appreciate that thank you um but uh, that being said uh, listen it sounds like a life-changing week for you i still love wine (laughs) that's not what i'm saying (laughs) listen i drank a lot of wine now i don't but i still love wine equally right i'm just drinking less wine i have like a little app now that just to mark just to see like my habits and um just for fun just to log it away two nights a week or three instead of wow that is pretty impressive every single night like i was so Wow. Anyway, it's just like a weird change shift in my... And I think since we're working on so much, yeah, no spoilers, it's kind of cleared my head a little bit for other stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, mazel tov. Listen, but no shade. Like, I fucking love drinking. Yeah. <laughs> no. Every, no shade at all. Everyone's got different lifestyles. I mean, hello. I've li- I don't even get to say a single thing. I've <laughs> literally never drank alcohol. And that's its own impressive feat. Well, I don't know what I'm missing is the... Is, the reason i've been able to it's hold true. off this whole long i guess you time. have looked at me and been like mm, not missing much <laughs> no i've looked at you and been like wow i wish i was fucking just we would have so much fun right now if we, <laughs> we were both would. sloppy we would <laughs> but no i and i do think i mean i think now i'm i i never really had a reason a million people think that there must be some like dark reason why totally. i don't drink and people i always ask yeah i don't have a reason i just thought it tasted gross and, I, and people were like oh well you have to build up to liking it and i was like why would i want to fucking exactly. waste my taste and buds? that's like really really no i'm not noble that's a stupid word but like really i like feel like it's logical i feel like it's a yeah. realistic reason of it's, like it tasted gross i didn't want to have to learn to enjoy the taste of something yeah. awful and it's also like i feel like there's so much peer pressure behind like learning to like drinking that like mm-hmm. it's its own feat to just be like nah not for me you know yeah I, I mean i also like especially in your 20s i think i would have not enjoyed it um or I, I would have probably been more prone to drink if i had friends that were pressuring me to drink but i really just had friends like or if i felt like i was excluded from the group totally like oh if i don't drink then i can't go to the party sure but i still went to like still more parties than most people who drink in high school you had and college. a way bigger social life way more partying and it was because all my friends drank enough for me and they were excited that they always had a dd yeah so i oh, yeah, always exactly. got invited because they were like oh well we'll all exactly. get home safe so i still had just as much fun and like i had friends who were sloppy and i got to take care of them and i i mean i got to watch my friends with a sober mind i watched them like 
that when sounds we were like 15. my nightmare. <laughs> Well, when we were 15 and they were like just learning their tolerance all the way up to like now when they know their tolerance, like I, I have every memory. They don't. Sure. I get well, to tell them everything they fucking do. You're did. like, I got to w- witness it. I'm the vault. But no, I, I've never had a reason, but I can imagine, especially as someone with addiction in my family, yeah. I'm sure that's some weird behind the scenes reason that I'm not really aware of, but like, I can imagine that it's really hard to quit something that's a yeah. habit at all. I mean, like. This is so stupid, but biting my fingernails has been a habit my whole life, and I can't quit it no matter how gross it is, Yeah. no matter how much I don't want to do it. It's just so ingrained in me, and yep. it benefits me 0%. Right. So I I can't imagine, like, something that could actually alter life. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, and then, like, if you add something, like, mind-altering and yeah. over time, you know, health. Thing. And, uh, again, no shade. I fucking, literally for the last seven years, have had a drink pretty much every single day of my life, well, so I'm I- not... I started my part of it too with the whole point of saying, and then I went on a tangent, uh, that I do wonder, like, I feel like I missed my opportunity to learn how to drink. Like now that I'm 27, it's like, no one wants to go watch me get fucked up at a bar, you know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what if we traded? (gasps) Can you imagine if I'm just like, if I I just got banana grams hot, like just freaking blasted out of my mind. I only eat ice cream and you get wasted <laughs> what a weird turnaround that would be like twilight zone episode i definitely i feel like i definitely missed the window though and for that i regret never drinking i like i wish i at least had the experience and got to join in with everyone else having the experience sure now i feel like it would almost be like a novelty event of like watch me get drunk and everyone would want to be sober sure. to watch me and then it would feel sad to drink by myself and i and also then like what do you get at like right like sometimes people allison, are entertained by it like it's not sometimes allison wants to like have a drink and then i feel bad because not that she's done this but in past relationships people held off from drinking around me because i guess they didn't want you to feel weird or something that or maybe they felt we were drinking alone sure. or like if they got drunk like i wasn't getting drunk with them right and so I, i've always been kind of insecure about like you're allowed to drink like i know like you'd be doing it alone so maybe you just don't want to because yeah. that's a sad vibe but i i do wonder like oh, i would love to get drunk with allison that'd be so much fun but like <laughs> it can but be it'll, quite fun it'll never happen <laughs> so well anyway and i again i want to say i used to fucking hate when people were like oh yeah i just stopped drinking i'm like that's i can't do that like it really right. it really pissed me off because i was like oh okay good for you so i'm not trying to like be like oh look at me i have virtue and whatever it just kind of happened so i would just say if that is something you're struggling with like hey there's hope yeah i was not expecting this whatsoever i was like a whole summer off to drink beer and and no matter what stage you are in in your recovery if you feel you are in a recovery stage we are proud of you like that is it's incredible that you can even think to do it at all thank you and for other people listening too yeah i wouldn't i don't know like if you are going through like the toughest of it and you are going through the worst definition of alcoholism and you're trying to recover we're proud of you and i'm also so impressed when people do write in and say like hey i'm like this many years sober or like whatever and i listen to your show i'm like sorry i fucking talk about getting wasted all the time i mean i don't talk about getting wasted but like sorry i talk about drinking all the time and that's a whole part and they're like no like it's it doesn't bother me so i'm that's pretty awesome too if you were out there and you need a sign to keep going. This is it. Keep going. We're super proud of you. We are so proud of you. And we love you. Even if you're not. If you're still. If you're a human being and breathing, we're proud of you. Unless you're a lesbian, then we're scared of you. There we go. That <laughs> is the moral of Let's this. Let's all just gang up on lesbians. <laughs> Let's, by all means. Come on. Oh. JK, I love you all. So now that we've talked for 20 minutes about alcohol. God, I'm so sorry. I re- This is why I was like, I shouldn't even go there. You guys know, you. if you don't know that we love our tangents by now, 
And if you think we're actually afraid of lesbians, you need to stop listening to the show. Sometimes our manager pops in and listens to an episode or two. He's going to listen to this and be like, what is going on? <laughs> he really only listens to maybe like every other 10th uh-huh. episode. <laughs> and he always has this like weird, vague He like remembers comment. certain things that we're like, we don't even remember saying. He'll remember this He's gonna one, He's going to be like, sure. Christine, remember when you were an alcoholic and you admitted it on air? <laughs> I thought this was a comedy show. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, we find ways to make the darkest things lighthearted. <laughs> So, moving on to something else dark we oh, can make like hearted. Let me grab my wine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, where the fuck is it? Just kidding. Oh, uh, are you drinking anything instead? I'm sure people want to know. Oh, I've been drinking, um, I got a soda stream. Oh, I heard about your soda stream. Is it going well? <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Now you're going to be addicted to caffeine. Great. No, there's no, so- it's sparkling water. It just carbonates your water. Oh. It's like LaCroix, but I can make as much of it as I want. I found a shirt recently that looks like a LaCroix and has the the LaCroix writing on it. It looks like a can of LaCroix on your shirt. That's adorable. But it says, ya boy. Oh, wait, that's good. With like B-O-I-X. Oh, that's good. I'm thinking I'm going to buy that. You should buy that. I probably will at some point. Um, But yeah, anyway, so just a lot of sparkling water with like, I put like some raspberry syrup in there, put some lemon squeeze in there. Wow. Like potions class. Just Mm -hmm. getting really creative. All right. Put some vodka in there. I was going to say. I did do that. It was very delicious. Oh, good. Make your own cocktails. You're also experimenting with new drinks. That's, That's right. nice. Fewer cans. Speaking fewer of our, our eco. Fewer boxes. Our fewer boxes. Our green green. You're show. really doing it for the environment. We all know. You're welcome, world. So, let's tell a story. Eva's having a fucking panic attack editing. Like, what <laughs> Eva, just is this? keep rocking in a corner like we know you are. Um... <laughs> Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac 
lilac. And so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So this is a story from Mississippi. Uh, This is supposedly one of the most haunted houses in Mississippi. Okay. If not the most. Nice. It, it it has been featured in National Geographic magazine. It's been featured in Life magazine. It's been featured on the Travel Channel. It's been featured on a show called 48 Hours. Oh hell yeah. And um it is in Vicksburg, Mississippi, which actually at the time the throughout time because this is a really old house. Throughout time it was originally called Walnut Hills, Mississippi. Okay. It is now Vicksburg, Mississippi. Got it. Um, and it is one of the most haunted cities in America. What? I've never... I've never heard of it either. No. Um, so haunted, in fact, that the Ghost Adventures team actually did a multiple episode series on this. Really? And they just titled all of it Haunted Vicksburg. And so one episode, they were at this location. One episode, they were at this location. Oh, in the whole town. Yeah. So they just stayed in the town and went to multiple places. Wait, that's kind of fun. That's way fun. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. So... During the Civil War, the it's a oh by the way this uh, is called the McRaven Mansion. Oh, I like it. Uh, speaking of Mick, I had some McDonald's <laughs> sweet tea today, so that's what I'm drinking. I know you didn't expense it. Remember, I didn't. I should have missed opportunity. A dollar and a quarter, all to waste, <laughs> and for what? What tax exemption do we get on that? So, <clears throat> uh, it's now called the McRaven Mansion. I have to burp again. Excuse me. I don't know what's wrong with me today. That's like the 18th time. You're not I've even burped. drinking soda either, huh? Excuse me. No, I have. I'm getting really bad heartburn as I get older. Oh god. And I had a lot of things that demand heartburn to surface an hour later. So. I started getting heartburn when we traveled. Remember, even I both were like, "What is this feeling?" And I was like, "It's heartburn." You're like, <laughs> "Welcome to the me. club." Trust me, I got heartburn at least once a Mine's day. Mine's a lot better now that I'm home, but like traveling, I, I think it was all the different. Foods. I think I need a doctor because I. <laughs> I get really bad heartburn at least once a day. Really? Yeah. And apparently that means there's something wrong with my esophagus. Take some... Do you take antacids? No. Because here's the thing. I fucking hate anything that feels chalky and gritty in my mouth. What about... Like Tums and shit. And you don't like liquid medication like pepto I like pills. Is there an antacid pill? Yes. Okay, I'm going to start taking You don't have to, like, bite those giant chalky ones. Those things truly make me get sick in my mouth. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's vomitous. Well, it's literally made of chalk. No, it's not. Yes. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's heinous. Right. Like I would literally rather rather have heartburn every day. It's NaCl, I believe. That's literal chalk. Sodium chloride. Yes. Am I a chemist? I don't know what a rhombus is, but NaCl, I'm down with. Well, that's chalk. Gross. Watch it not be chalk. Watch it be literally it be anything but chalk. Anyway, <laughs> Eva, if that's wrong, <laughs> keep it in. Keep it in. No, no. Eva, no matter what, keep it in. <laughs> She's she's looking it up so that you can edit this oh out later, my God. but don't do I it. I swear I got this right on a, um, oh, that's salt. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, isn't that sodium? sodium? What's chalk? Chalk. I swear to God. I was like, sodium. Oh, chloride? calcium carbonate. Sorry. Calcium carbonate is chalk. And that's what Tums is. Anyway, okay. that's the whole point no of my story. No matter what it's also called, it's disgusting. So now all the history, literature, and scientists like we have scientists listening to us okay valid 
um, Alexander's girlfriend's a chemist. She does not. She listened to get herself a boyfriend. She does not listen she, anymore. She's like over the it. The second now. we said that chalk equals salt, she checked the fuck out. The second she moved into my house, she was like, mm. <laughs> I got what I came here for. There's chalk, there's salt <clears throat> and chalk in the cabinets. We're good. So, uh, let's try this again. Salt. What is wrong with me? So it's called the McRaven mansion, but during the civil war, it was called the Bob house. Bob with two B's. B-O-B-B. Cute. Um, and it is, I, it's on the national register of historic places and it is still listed on the national register of historic places as Bob house. Okay. So if you were to be looking up the name of the house, you would not find it un- listed as McRaven Mansion. Um, it's now called McRaven instead of Bob House because, let me say it in the most basic way I can, because the way I wrote it is just way too complicated. I mean, my mind's very complex, as you just heard. So, <laughs> I mean, you are a chemist. So yeah. <laughs> the Bob House used to be on McRaven Street. Okay. Now it is called the McRaven House in honor of it having been on McRaven Street, but McRaven oh. Street is now is now Harrison Street. I got you. So Bob House on McRaven is now McRaven on Harrison. Got it. Cool. Um, it has been on the Mississippi Department of Archives and History's Historic Preservation List since 1978. Nice. And it is called the Most Haunted House in Mississippi. It is also the oldest standing structure in Mississippi. It's older than the Civil War. Oh. Um, and it was... I mean, it was built starting, I say starting because it was built in shifts. Sure. But it was built in 1797. So literally when George Washington was president, just for some context there. Old school. (laughs) Old school. OG. (laughs) Ya boy. (laughs) Ya ya boy GW was (laughs) the president. Yeah, no, keep going. I love this. I'm going to stop. I've made enough of a fool myself. It's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Um, So the, uh, I say it with started getting built because it was actually built in three sections so the original section the oldest part of the house was built in 1797 which is older than the state of mississippi um okay that's kind of cool i said it was older than the civil war and that is just not true so please oh. don't tweet me <laughs> older... i thought you said it was built in the 1700s 1797 okay uh the house is older than the state of mississippi so i just read the two sentences i see and mixed them up in my head so sorry about that what year was the civil war god i hope josh doesn't listen to this he's gonna fucking fire and drop us well america was 1776 and the civil war happened in america so it was after 1776 right but so couldn't it still be wouldn't it be what 1820s i should know this shit well right 1860s 1860s close you actually really don't know this. no no listen if it's if it was built in 1797 it is older than the civil war so okay, i don't cool. really okay so eva delete no delete me do s- not all right you got me saying that salt was pepto-bismol or something eva, de- delete everything <laughs> listen we're americans and the education system failed us so horrible. miserably and we went to private school and obviously it didn't do us jack shit so sorry world you know what's weird um so we when in private school we had a history teacher who I loved, and he was super liberal, which is probably why I loved him. And he actually taught us history in a way that we could understand and taught it with dates and facts. And so you would think I would fucking remember this information. So, so many parents apparently complained that he was too progressive in the way that he taught and didn't teach it classically. It wasn't enough. like the War of Northern Aggression. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so he ended up, he, I don't know if he ended up getting fired or just got so much like backlash that out. he left. 
But I remember being like, wow, I'm actually learning shit. I learned like... Maybe it's because he told you the Civil War was in 1820. No, he... (laughs) Whatever he was teaching me, I was learning. And apparently we never got to the Civil War before he already got... Before he left. But uh, no, I loved him. I... Uh, he taught me AP Gov, the only AP I ever took. And I actually, like, really enjoyed it. And, like, it was the first time I ever took anything based in politics or history and sure. loved it. And got, then he got Gov. kicked out. I took AP Euro. Okay, that doesn't matter. Let's talk about this again. I'm sorry. So it is older than the Civil War. It's older than the Civil War. And Old- the state of the Mississippi. Civil but not so. older than GW. Okay. Um... Okay, the original section was built in 1797. This is where it starts getting dark. It was built in 1797 by Andrew Glass. So Andrew Glass, um, he was part of the Merle gang. Mm. Um, And the house was originally, officially, the house was originally a rest station, quote, for pioneers traveling through the Natchez Trace to the Mississippi River. But what it actually was, instead of a rest station, was since Andrew was part of the Merle gang... Um, which was known to rob and murder murder people on the Natchez Trace. Um, He would rob them, murder them, and then store all of his loot in that house. Oh, dear God. So I think that house might have been like a hideaway. And he, this is me totally assuming because I didn't see this anywhere. But my guess is it was seen as a welcoming place to stay so he could rob them easier since it was right where he planned on hiding all the loot. Okay. So did, I mean, did people actually stay there? I don't know. All I know is it was considered a rest station. So I'm assuming so. Weird. Okay. Um, or at least maybe passed by for some fucking water or, maybe or a bathroom like or something. maybe it was like a rest station for his Merle gang. Maybe. Oh, that actually makes sense too. And then they would hide their shit there too. Mm. I don't know. Genius. So. That's me. <laughs> that's you, the genius. <laughs> so he built the second. F- so there's two floors. So he built a kitchen on the bottom floor and that's it. Right. And then on the st- above the kitchen was a bedroom and that was it. Okay. He built the second floor. Without having any stairs available, he built it so that <laughs> on purpose, he built it so that it was only accessible by a drop down ladder Ooh! because he was paranoid that eventually someone would either take his stuff that he had stolen sure. or that he was going to get ambushed at night and hurt. And so he wanted to make sure that if he was sleeping upstairs, no one could get to he him. Like pull up his ladder. He didn't take into consideration like guns shooting through a ceiling and then Fire up into guns. him or something. But OK, if you don't have a gun, you can't get to him was basically his goal there. Or fire. Or fire. Mm. Or gas. So he's... <laughs> anyway. So uh, the room today is still not very different from how he left it over 200 years ago. Oh, shit. Um, nearly 200 years ago. Someone actually at some point fought back at Andrew. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he might have been robbing him or something. And the guy fought back and shot Andrew. Um, while still alive, he was able to like limp home. And before anyone else could, quote, finish the job and kill him, he was too proud to just be killed by somebody that was, like, against him. Yeah. So he went home and forced his wife to finish the job. No. So his wife slit his wrist, his, no. uh, slit his throat for him. No, 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 no. So his wife kills him in the bedroom. Oh, my God. And that was the first death in the house. The fuck? That's so dark. After he moved in. Uh, the next person to move in was a man named Newit Vic, who was actually Vicksburg's namesake. Oh. And he only lived there temporarily. That was more of a fun fact. Nothing really happened except he lived there. Okay. In 1836, the third people to move in was Sheriff Stephen Howard um, and his family. He bought the house and he ended up doing the second build on okay. it. So remember, it was, it's getting built in sections. So the first part of it was just the kitchen and then the bedroom on top. Then the sheriff moves in and he built 
a patio, a stairway, another bedroom, a dining room, a two porch, a two story porch, oh. and side balconies. So he I, made I it. I love that he added a stairwell. That's nice. It's <laughs> like mm, I need to get up hmm. there. Actually, hmm. the same year that he built all of it and moved in, his wife Mary Elizabeth died in the house oh, no. during childbirth oh. in one of the bedrooms. She was only fifteen. <gasps> It was the 1830s. Wow. So I don't know if we're allowed to judge that or not. I'm. Well, it's just sad that she died either way. <laughs> she died at a very young very age tragic. while giving birth. Very tragic. And I don't think that, I don't know if the child made, made it out either. I, I think both of them might have died. That's sad. So this is really weird and morbid and gross, but interesting. The bed is in the house that she died in is still in the house oh. with her funeral notice sitting next to it. What? Very eerie. Charming. Charming. <laughs> Can't wait to stay here if it's ever a and b Can't wait to make Blaze do that on my side of the bed <laughs> if anything ever happens. <laughs> what the fuck? You're like on the nightstand? <laughs> All of the wine glasses in your cabinet <laughs> yeah. will say, once drank by uh-huh. the legendary Christine. Oh, and then my funeral de- details. <laughs> uh, that's actually the, the, pro- the present, like the thank you for coming in the goodie bags. Oh, that's cute. Little your favors. Yeah, a shot glass. Love it. Uh, so in 1849, uh, the sheriff left. Um, so the second death was his wife. Right. Okay. Uh, and possibly the baby, possibly the baby, the, the baby was never mentioned. I don't know if the baby survived or not. Okay. Okay. Um, it's only really said that she died. Okay. So we're, we're going off the basis that only two people have died so far. Sure. In 1849, the house was then bought by John Bob Hooten. John Bob. What a name. John Bob, like Jim Bob, but John Bob. I love it. Uh, so that is the namesake of the house, not originally being the Bob house. Amazing. So bought by John Bob in 1849, and that is when he built the third and final sections of this house. So he built um, the parlor, a master bedroom, a men's changing area, not a woman's, by the way. Not um, a person's, just Not a, a non-binary's. Uh, and a flying wing staircase. So another staircase. Now I, we went from zero to two. <laughs> Okay. So what's cool about this is the house was built in such different times and such different architectural ways Yeah. that National Geographic actually calls this house the time capsule of the South Oh. because it was built in three completely different ways at three completely different times. That is cool. So you'll go in different areas and some of it is built pioneer style, some of it is built in empire style, and some of it is built in Greek revival style. It's like a rock where you can see the different layer. I'm trying to... <laughs> it, it's like a lasagna. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend like I learned something in my life. Right, right, right. It's like the rings of a tree. I no. definitely learned how to identify lasagna. Uh, <laughs> if I learned anything on this, <laughs> in this life. In this cruel world. <laughs> so uh, in 1863, uh, this, this was during the Civil War, which means I really should have known it because it's in my fucking notes. Um... <laughs> And I know, to be fair, like, I sound like such an idiot, but when it comes to anything based out of, like, Fredericksburg, Virginia history, I know everything. Isn't and, that, like, literally where the Civil War took place well, in the Virginia? Battle of, the Battle of Fredericksburg. And then, in, okay. and then in, uh, like, the Battle of Yorktown was a big area for the Revolutionary War, and I was a tour guide there, so that's how I know most of the information. But I went to college. Um, You're not and, putting like, yourself in a good light here. How? After saying <laughs> that the Civil War was in 1820. Oh, well, no, but like I, as a tour guide, I was a really good tour guide, especially for the battle of Yorktown. I'm not from this country. So listen, (laughs) if there's anything I know about, it's General Cornwallis and lasagna. So anyway, 1863, I know a thing or two about salt. (laughs) 
<laughs> I or none or, or nothing really. You know, a chemical compound Maybe, for something. I think I should go back to drinking. This doesn't suit me. <laughs> I think drinking you is smarter. I, you. I think maybe. Maybe I should drink. I'd be a genius. <laughs> Probably. So in 1863 is the siege of Vicksburg during the Civil War, and uh, McRaven, the house, was used to uh, house and nurse Confederate soldiers. So the house itself, for being one, a hospital for the Confederate soldiers, and also being so close to the railroad, which was a hot spot during the war, the house itself got really beat up, quote, battle wounds, if you will. It's super scratched up, has a lot of blasts from like cannon fodder and shit. Right. So it, the house is not looking sharp in the oh, 1860s. Man. Okay. In 1864, John Bob, he still lived there. He, uh, I guess he bought it to make it a hospital or at least rented it out as a hospital Sure. Like, moved out for a little bit and was like, you can have it. Sure. Until the war's over. <laughs> you can have it for now. <laughs> so he, in 1864, he was living in the house again and saw a group of drunk Union soldiers in his garden picking flowers. Oh, that's nice. I think. It's nice, but he was uh, a believer of the Confederacy. Oh, I see. Oh, oh the wrong side. Got it. So he was pissed that they were there and they were, I like to think of like really like, Happy, bubbly, drunk Union soldiers picking flowers. I think that's where my mind went to. But it could be like hammered military men just trashing your garden. Like ripping your plants out. Right. It yeah. could be the exact opposite. It, like picking daisies. I think of like girls in bathrooms when they're drunk and how wonderful they are. I imagine that in a garden. It's right. just heaven. And we're building flower crowns. Right. But instead it was probably just like... A bunch of people just kicking your, your ground. Your or, geraniums. Yes. Sad. Fucking up your chrysanthemums. Really sad. So John Bob was pissed. Yeah, I would be too now that I worked myself Now that up. I've framed it differently. I'm just picturing those geraniums and I'm just sad. So next time, uh, so he told them to leave mm -hmm. and apparently they weren't listening. Mm. And so he threw a brick at them. Uh-oh. And the brick actually knocked a sergeant <gasps> onto the ground. Um, so the soldiers left, but they vowed to burn his house down. Oh, gosh. So the next time... Uh, John Bob came home. There was a group of about 30 Union so soldiers waiting for him. They captured him and then they shot him in the back and the face. <gasps> I thought they were just going to burn his house down. They what? changed their mind. Shoot him in the face. God. They changed their mind. So they killed him on the property. Oh, God. Okay. So in 1869, his widow sold the house and moved to New Orleans just to like get closer to more ghosts, I guess. I guess so. And in 1882, the house sold to the Murray family. So there's a man, William Murray, his wife, Ellen, and their children. Got so it. now it's the 1880s. This is like the fifth, fourth or fifth family to live there. Mm -hmm. And in 1911, William dies. Is that the dad? That's the dad. Ten years later, his wife dies. Mm. And then two of his... No, one of his daughters and one of his sons died all before 1950. So now it's 1960. There's like at least seven ghosts from people who've died on the property because all of the family members I just mentioned all died in the house. Okay. And this was over like a, a 80 years span. from 1911 to 1950. Oh, 1911. I thought so, it said 1880. Sorry. I'm... They moved in in the 80s, in the 1880s. Right. And then in 1911, William died. And then 10 years later, his wife died. And then... In, by 1952, of the other kids had died. Okay, in got the house. it. So now it's 1960. The only two daughters that the Murray family had left had been left the house, and so they'd been living there as spinsters their whole life. Love it. One of them, in 1960, died at 81 years old in the house. Okay. So now it's the fifth family member to die in this house. And the last daughter wanted to move into a retirement home, so she sold the house. Got it. At this point, 
because of how old her and her sister were. They weren't really going upstairs anymore. They'd really neglected a lot of the sure. building while they lived there. So when she sold it, it was pretty much dilapidated and neighbors didn't even know it existed. Wow. And uh, the whole top floor was overgrown with vines. Oh, my God. And apparently they were like breaking down furniture to be firewood because they like didn't want to leave the house, I wow. guess. Wow. Okay. So it was in rough shape. Sure. So they sold it in 1961 to the Bradway family. Okay. Or 1960, sold to the Bradway family. The Bradway family restored it and then tried to make it into a touring home. Like, you could go take tours of it. Oh, okay. But by 1979, they sold it to the Harvey family. I'm not expecting anyone to remember all these names. I'm just trying to show that I did my research. (laughs) I'm glad you're not expecting that of me. In 1979, the Bradway sold it to the Harveys. The Harveys did an intense re-restoration. So a second coming of the restorations. This was, like big time restaurant like anything that you can imagine them needing to fix okay they fixed wow they corrected the woodwork they corrected wiring they corrected plumbing they corrected plastering damn they had samples of the original carpet and had them reproduced (gasps) love that um they did research on each period of the house so like they had three different periods they had to look at because lasagna layer each lasagna layer was built at a different time so they had to make sure they had all the right ingredients love that and so they had authentic paint wallpaper fabrics and furnishings for all three different periods that the house was built in i love that they didn't just gut it and make it like they made it as authentic you know? as yeah possible. that's really cool and the they rebuilt the front and rear porches and the rafters in the attic that had been damaged since the civil fucking war <laughs> um and then in the, in 1984 they sold the house to a man named leyland french for a quarter million dollars okay only a quarter million dollars after all that restoration. Well, we're in Mississippi. I feel like it's not L.A. pricing. Sure. In the 80s, In too. the 80s, right. And that's I feel like that's a, probably a, quite a bit of money. Still. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like dropping a quarter million dollars on anything right now. Um, oh, really? Mm. Not much. Too I only late. have, like, millions of dollars. So right. I have to be savvy with my budget. With your McDonald's purchases. <laughs> $1.25 for a good sweet tea. So, Leyland French. That's the first name I need you to really remember. I remember it. Okay. So, Leyland French... Uh, so the house got sold to him in the 80s, and he did further restoration, including uh, since he he actually wanted to move in. So for the last 20 years, people who were living there, although they were doing restorations left and right, weren't living there. Okay. Um, they were just doing restorations for the sake of being good people. So French was the first person to actually live got it. in the house. And so he did more restorations just so it was more accommodating to people in the 1980s so he made a modern kitchen and a bathroom for himself and a waterbed (laughs) right exactly so which i think is fair if you're gonna live in an old ass house you might as well have good a good toilet update the shower head or something (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly so uh this was he was the first owner to live there since the murrays which i think was like three families ago oh god yeah i definitely don't remember (laughs) so According to Ghost Adventures, actually, I couldn't find this information anywhere else, so I am giving We're Ghost Adventures Zach. credit. Trusting Zach. There is a former employee that used to work in the house while French lived there. Oh. Um, and he says that Leyland French actually performed some occult rituals there. For real? And probably opened up some portals he couldn't close. Uh-oh. Um, he's apparently, like, he could hear voices. So, remember that. He could hear things. He could hear things in the house. Leyland or the employee? Leyland French. So, he... Okay. The employee's just telling the story. But Leyland French... Um, like, claimed to hear things. Claimed to hear things and... Uh, Understood. Yeah, just it didn't look like a good thing. To a point where an exorcism was... Ha- was... Needed? Was needed oh, on the house. Oh, no. 
So again, I couldn't find that information anywhere else. Um, there have been stories that there were priests that came to the house. Okay. But Ghost Adventures is saying that an actual exorcism happened on the house. Understood. Okay. So in 2007, French actually left the house and boarded it up. Oh. Um, and so it was abandoned for eight years until 2015 when the house was bought by the Reed family, who still owns it. They uh, bought the house for $1.75 million. Okay. It's really jumped. Skyrocketed. Skyrocket. Um, and they host historical and ghost stores. Oh, fun. So fun fact, two people who have visited uh, this house are the uh, actors from the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, my God. Okay. And so their autograph is on the wall. I was somewhere like, please in the tell wall. me they're like memorialized. They like signed the wall. Oh, and I love that. So now I'm going to tell you about the ghosts. Please. That was a lot of stuff happening there. I Sorry. was very invested. So uh, here are the ghosts. So activity has been told on A&E, the Travel Channel, the show 48 Hours, and a show for Destination America called Haunted Town. Um, oh, I've seen that. So, it's, so there's an episode of that. Cool. Um, some of the spirits are said to be the, the daughters that lived there their whole lives. Oh, yeah. I bet. That makes sense. And as well as obviously fallen Civil War soldiers. Right. And people have said that there is somewhere between 11 and 25 deaths that happened on the property. Wow. Not including the soldiers. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So I don't know where those other deaths came from. I guess all those years ago when he was doing his little, had his little gang there. Yeah. Maybe there was more robs and murders. Happening. More robs. <laughs> more robs. <laughs> Love a good rob. Love a good rob. <laughs> so uh, somewhere between 11 and 25 during a dig in the backyard in the year 2000, apparently there were enough bones found to build Stop. up to 11 bodies. No. What? In the backyard? In the backyard. Jesus. So, and they're probably guessing those are Civil War soldiers. They just were like, mm. But I mean, they found enough bones to literally make up 11 bodies, which don't people have like 206 bones in their bodies <laughs> times 11? I mean, that's literally thousands of bones. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend that I know, but... That's at least 2,060 plus 206. Well, I guess typically when they find enough bones, it usually doesn't mean like, oh, well, we found this many, say, like femur. Like there yeah, has it's not to like be they found like 11 like skulls each, and 11 bone. tibias right, right. or 22 tibias. But anyway. Okay. I think I get what you mean. I hear you. I hear you and you hear me and we hear Loud each other. Loud and clear. And everyone else is like, we don't hear it. Everyone's we like, don't. I've already lowered the volume. <laughs> you guys are idiots. So they found a lot of fucking bones is how I should have really said that. TLDR. Oh, I, t I get it now. So uh, ghost hunters that have done investigations there were somehow told, I don't know if this was through psychics or through like EVP sessions or something, but they were told that up to 14 spirits are on the property. Okay. Um, that fits. Some estimate the number is higher up to 25 and that's not counting the soldiers or as uh, one of the tour guides has said, also not counting the Native Americans that have died there because this was also a path through the Trail of Tears. Oh, fuck. Okay. So a lot of death, a lot of sorrow, a lot of bad energy. Yeah. So here are some of the things that have happened there. So the main hot spot is Andrew Glass's old room because it's the original room. Sure. It's also where the first death happened. It's the one also up the, the non-existent stairs? Yes. Okay. The one that was accessible through the ladder. Got it. So it was the first death. It was a death at all. It was the death of a really horrible person. Right. Who had a lot of bad energy because he was already probably had a lot of energy attached to him since also he killed people. Also a violent death. Also a violent death. Yeah. Also the oldest room. Sure. Also older than the Civil War, so I fucking like to say. <laughs> also he created it, right? So like he built the property, right? Yeah. So, so a lot of horrible stuff. It's apparently like the most active that spot. would make sense. 
a lot of things have happened there, which I will get into. But the one that I saw online, at least, is that a chair has picked itself up off the floor and slammed down onto the ground in front of somebody. Uh oh. Um, another thing that's happened is Leyland French. He saw William Murray, another previous owner's apparition on the staircase. Uh-huh. And rumors say that that apparition actually chased him. Oh, oh, okay. Um, keep in mind, this is the guy that also said, had all those occult rituals where he opened doors. So a, a lot of people don't have personal experiences that were negative of the spirits there. But Leyland French was regularly attacked. And it might be because I he see. was messing around with sure opening some portals he couldn't close. Not smart. So he was getting chased by apparitions. I don't know anybody else in the story who did. Got it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Leyland French saw William Murray's apparition on staircases that chased him. Um, French was also pushed by the spirits one time so hard that he fell face first, broke his glasses, <gasps> and the glasses cut into his face and he <gasps> needed stitches. Oh, God. And he said he could feel like a boot standing on his back so he couldn't get up. Okay, don't open portals, kids. Are you listening to me? Another time, a drawer slammed onto his hand so hard it broke both his thumbs. That... First of all, how are you closing a drawer? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> you just, like, stick your whole hand or in. Or he's, like, going under, maybe? Oh, could be. He's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. cupping it so his thumbs were on top? Could be. I don't know. It's you... not how I would open a drawer. but No, not quite. It's also not how I would close a drawer, break my thumbs, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who am I to say? No judgment zone. No judgment. So these were allegedly some of the reasons why he actually left out of nowhere and boarded up the house. Oh, because he just didn't want the spirits. Because he just was like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't want these spirits that I just invited into this home. Right. Okay. I made a mistake that I can't correct. Leyland. Uh, so the most active spirit is Mary Elizabeth, who's the 15-year-old who died during childbirth. Okay. The wife of the sheriff. Sure. She, so the Andrew Glass room is supposedly one of the more haunted hot spots okay but mary elizabeth is one of the most active spirits okay um she's also super nice and friendly and playful so we think i mean Um, she's a child if you think about it right yeah most of her activity is in the bedroom upstairs where she died she regularly plays with uh the bedside lamp in this room um it turns on and off by itself all the time to a point where previous owners would get calls in the middle of the night from their neighbors that the lights would turn on again like, they'd be like, oh, the lights are on your house again. Lights oh, are on your house God, again. Oh, my God. Ew. Yeah. So it was just always going on and off. Like, and while they weren't there, you mean? While they weren't there. Oh, God. Okay. But also, there were several families who didn't live there. They were just... Sure. They just was... paid for it to be restored. Ew. So stuff would be happening. So they would get calls all the Ooh. time in a different house being like, yeah, the lights are on again. Like, oh, they're off. Now well, they're on. I mean, I know oh, off. neighbors do that, too, if, like, is someone in the house, ha- like... You know, oh, my look na- out for my neighbors other. are like that in Virginia. Yeah. Like, we would always tell our neighbors, like, oh, we're leaving town yeah. So let us know if there's anything going on. I mean, so if you see lights going on. Yeah. Say something. No, nobody's home. See something, say something. That's what we always say. So uh, her apparition is also seen on the staircase a lot, also in the diner and in her bedroom. Okay. She likes to play pranks on people and people have heard a woman's voice. In the diner? In the dining room. Oh, whoa, whoa, sorry, whoa, sorry. I might have said diner bags. I was like, cool. <laughs> They've got a diner now. <laughs> A lot of upgrades. So uh, she eight staircases. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she likes to play pranks. Um, people hear a woman's voice. People have seen her on tours, and they've seen impressions of a body on their bed. Ooh, on the bed. Ooh. Uh, there have also been a lot of personal archives in the house that were on display for a long time that people could like hold themselves and interact with. Okay. So her wedding shawl <gasps> has been in the house, and for a long time, guests could actually hold it themselves and like oh. examine it. 
and guests would always report that it felt really hot. Ooh. And then it would just fly out of their hands by itself. She's like, get off my veil. She would literally rip it away from them. Like, get that shit off away from you. Finger, smudgy fingerprints all over it. She likes to interact with the guests. Apparently, um, it's suggested that she's an intelligent haunting, not a uh, residual haunting. So if you ask questions, you'll, you can get answers from an EVP, things like that. Yeah. Um, in general, although she's the most active, these are other things that people have heard from spirits here. People have witnessed um, voices, footsteps, knocking, tapping, banging, whispers, door slamming, lights going on and off, alarm clocks going off at all hours for no reason. Apparitions are seen throughout the home. And apparently, if you take pictures of the mirror, there is someone standing in the mirror looking at the people in the room. No. Nah. So there was that happened accidentally, I guess, where there was a bunch of people on a tour. Oh. Someone took a picture of the room. And when you look at the picture in the oh. mirror, someone is standing there watching the crowd. Creepy. Um, apparently, objects move by themselves. A few times there have been dominoes that were neatly stacked when they closed for the night, and then they came back the next morning and they were scattered all over the table. Oh. Um, Tour guides have been picked up and thrown across the hall. Oh, my God. And there has been an EVP. Actually, I want to try and find this for you because it was way fucking creepy. Should I pause it? No, I can do this. Yeah, pause it. (laughs) (laughs) Elevator music. Sorry. Yeah, I'll hold it up to the mic. Okay. So there is an EVP. There's several EVPs that have been caught in this house, but this one kind of freaked me out because I didn't understand at first. I was listening to it and I was like, I don't understand it. All you hear is a woman talking. Like what's going on behind the voice? That's and then that was no. the action. And I was like, oh, the woman talking is the Ooh! EVP. There was nobody talking. Oh God. Okay. So um, in the it was in the living room and apparently in reference to a clock in the room. You hear a woman say, that's a funny old clock. And I that was the part where I was like, okay, so she says, that's a funny old clock. Now where's the voice whispering? That's the EVP? The EVP is the woman saying, that's a funny old clock because nobody was speaking. Okay. Okay, I'm going to play this. I feel like I've been primed to hear that now, though. I could hear it pretty clear. Okay, it wasn't okay. a guessing game for me. All right. Um, I don't know how loud this is going to be. I've never played it from a computer onto the mic. We can try a few times to see which one sounds best. Okay. And also, I do not own this. This is not mine. This is from YouTube. Okay. McRaven home. That's a funny old clock. Ew! Did you hear it? And that, I mean, to me, it sounds like that's a fucking old clock. It <laughs> sounds wait. like what I would say. Wait, hang on. I'm here again. That's a fucking old clock? I hope that's what she's saying. I think that's what she's saying. That's a fucking old clock. That's what I'd be saying. Younger than you, you're a ghost. Okay. That is... It sounded creepy enough to me that it warranted me showing you guys. I mean, it's definitely somebody speaking, which is just... I feel like sometimes... Like, like word by word, it's mm-hmm. a sentence. Like, I feel like sometimes you hear EVP and it's like, yeah, like it could be a voice. You'll hear like... Wah, wah, wah. And right. then you hear like SpongeBob SquarePants. What? <laughs> But that was definitely like that was like like word for word a sentence. Even the um like the rhythm of it, like a like cadence, can, a cadence. Like you can tell someone's speaking. Yeah, yuckaroonie. Anyway, so that is that. Um, That's the first EVP we've ever played on the show, despite <laughs> a lot of requests. So sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, we don't know the legal ramifications. I feel like if I say I don't own it and I don't claim it's mine, then I maybe can get away with it. Um, but so anyway, the owners that are currently there, the Reed family, they have said, and I quote. 
oh, it's haunted, but nothing demonic, nothing evil. It's just playful and wants you to know they're there. Sure. Okay. But then you tune into a little show called Zach's Attacks. And oh, for God's sakes. they made it very clear that something pretty dark is there. Well, um, they this episode, they actually had two of the actual tour guides who have had really not so great experiences. Like violent. I mean, like people are getting thrown across the hallway. Yeah. Like it's not all positive. It's not friendly, playful. <laughs> it's too. It's like one of those things where like maybe it's super playful and super strong doesn't, and doesn't no, realize that that's not safe. like that book. Right. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? What book? So like that book, you're like, right. I think I thought you said something else. <laughs> like where he crushes the... Oh, I don't want to talk about it. What? Where he crushes the... You don't know a book I'm talking about? No. Talking he about? doesn't know his own strength. Oh my gosh. It reminds me of like when I used to wrestle with my pet dog, and then I realized one day he was stronger than me, and I was like, oh, we're not wrestling this anymore. This is no longer a game yeah, <laughs> that like, I want to you've play. You've grown up too much. One of those books that I never read, but I feel like everybody else had to read. Are you talking about the Hulk? Oh, stupid! Oh, not so. No, not talking about talking of mice and men oh. with Lenny. With Lenny, got it. Okay, nope. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to talk about it. It's very sad. Okay. Anyway, this anyway. thing was either my dog, the Hulk, or Lenny. Um, doesn't or know its own strength. Leland or Leland or Leland. So let's get into Zach's attacks. Okay. So TM 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 TM. TM, TM. Uh, so they talk to, he starts out interviewing the Reed family, or at least the, the husband of the family. And uh, he says, do you live here? Like, do you just do tours here? Do you live here? And he literally said, no, because it's haunted. So that's the only reason they don't live in that house. Even though he's like, eh, it's friendly, but. <laughs> right. It's friendly and playful and you shouldn't be scared. But also I refuse to We live want here. nothing to do with it. So one of the tour guides that actually does go on into the investigation with them. She said that something happens there every, oh, this is a quote from her. Something happens every single night that I'm here, and I'm here four days a week. Ooh. So that's some confidence. Yep. Um, another guide said that ever since her first... I'm paraphrasing, but this was basically what she said. Ever since the first time she has come onto the property, she was always hearing and feeling things, and it never felt unsafe until one day when that guide was the tour... Not this same tour guide, but it was the same day that a tour guide had been literally picked up and thrown across the hallway. Oh, God. She heard about that, and this tour guide who had always felt like nothing there was dangerous or unsafe, she felt someone's hand slide up her thigh. Oh! And she heard a voice in her said that said, I had you fooled. And then she heard an evil laugh. And she went home that night and had a nightmare that someone was chasing her, but she couldn't see who. She passed by a mirror and looked at herself, but it wasn't her face anymore because someone was controlling and contorting her facial movements inside of her. So, she, and that all happened, the, the thing sliding up and touching her happened in Andrew Glass's room. I'm going to throw up. So she no longer gives tours in that room, understandably so. In that room. So she still gives tours. Oh God, I would be out of there so fast. Uh, Horrifying. So that's pretty dark. I mean, that's, that's enough for me to never want to go. That's dark. Yes, heavily, heavily dark. Um, the Reed family has also dug up human remains on the property before. They found a human femur bone that was perfectly cut at the top by a saw, so they <gasps> expect it was an amputated leg. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, it was like torture? No, no like probably amputated from sure. the war. Okay. Um, <laughs> Makes but more sense. Apparently, you can just go there and dig all around, and you still find bones and ammunition all the time. So, Wild. naturally, the, the GA team. 
decided that they were going to go <laughs> metal detecting on the property. They did. They found a bone pretty quickly, like pretty much right away. They found a bone. They found cannonball shrapnel and they found buck and ball ammo. Um, so that was all before the investigation. During the investigation, they took the two tour guides with them. And then they pretty much went right into using the uh, structured light censored equipment. So the stick figure guy. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. Um, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a machine where it's basically a motion detector. But the algorithm inside the equipment um, combines all of the movement it's seeing into dots and lines and basically tries to build a stick figure of the person you're seeing standing in right, front of you. Like movement. human right. movement. So if he's walking, the stick figure walks. It tries to it tries to. Uh, Almost like a radar. It tries to like keep track of all the movement happening around you in human form. Right. So uh, immediately there's a stick man standing to the left of one of the tour guides. Without telling her what's going on, the tour guide said, I feel something next to me. I feel cold on my left hand. Oh, wow. So And they knew it was standing there, but she did. It was on her left side and she didn't know. No, thank you. The figure disappeared and... As soon as it disappeared, something walked through Zach and he felt angry all of a sudden. Oh. Pretty much right away, they're experiencing stuff. Yeah. The digital recorder with brand new batteries immediately dies. They have a spirit box session and say, what's your name? And they got the name Andrew for Andrew Ooh. Glass. Um, while in the room where uh, Andrew Glass had had his wife kill him, they got an EVP of him saying, I've come to die. <gasps> oh, God. Okay. And... They have someone else come in the room because well, they felt like they were kind of in a trance. They were just standing there not doing anything, but felt like they were kind of controlled. So they brought someone else in as a third set of eyes. And immediately her heart started pounding. She started shaking and everyone got really agitated. Uh-oh. The spirit box batteries drain. Zach gets even angrier. And then the walkie-talkie batteries start dying. And he... So we can't hear the control room telling him where he needs to go or what's going on. Oh, God. It, like, cuts off communication. Pretty much. Which is pretty, I mean, that's like... That's spooky. Scary and also very smart of a ghost yeah. to know the like, oh, let me just cut out all of your batteries. Yep. Which means, though, if we're speaking about like paranormal theory here, right. if it's one by one going from machine to machine to machine, sucking out all the energy, it's building up a lot of energy, which means it has a lot of power. Grotesque. Um, so one of the guides, her name is Jay, and uh, and then Aaron, they do another spirit box session, And at the same time, both of them feel something grab their waist and their leg. And then at the same time that that happens, the spirit box says JJ, which is apparently her nickname at work. No, no, no. So it knew her nickname, grabbed both of them. And then Jay starts feeling really sick. She gets a migraine. She begins acting weird for someone who was really on edge originally. She's acting very lax and very chill. Mm -mm -mm. And then when asked, Mary, can you hear us? An orb flies at the spirit box, and then they hear, in real time, they hear a loud female scream, and then a male voice in the spirit box say, tonight. What the frick? And then Jay goes into Andrew Glass's room. The room gets really cold, and Jay hears a whisper in her ear, which was also caught on the recorder. Both infrared cameras begin dying out, even though they have fresh batteries. And then there's a weird flashing anomaly over Mary's bed flying towards the tour guides. They do this. I haven't seen this done before, but there was an infrasound experiment where basically they were trying to create their own energy for the ghosts to manipulate. Mm. And as they were making the they were trying to increase the, I guess, the energy in the room. I don't really know what they were doing. They didn't give really any explanation. But as it was happening, 
Aaron all of a sudden started feeling really weird. His left arm started hurting and going numb. And then his fingers on his left side started going numb. And he was afraid he was about to start having a heart attack. I was going to say, yeah. And so he left immediately. But that's pretty terrifying that something can literally create a heart attack. Or like feel like it at least. Yeah, at least make you think you are. Then they ask, they go to the other side of the house and start talking to John Bob. And they say, did you get killed by Union soldiers? And this is creepy as hell. They hear this really loud, long-lasting banging and knocking like objects are being dragged around upstairs. Oh, God. And they go upstairs and look. And the lamp that was on the table is now sitting upright on the floor. Oh! There are pieces of brick all over the floor that (gasps) shouldn't be there, as if someone threw a brick. Brick. Just like how John Bob threw a brick at the Union soldiers. And this, there could, there was no, like, massive brick, and they just found, like, the tiny little pieces. Like, they only found little pieces of brick all Ew. over the floor. And there was a table that had dragged itself across the room, and, uh, like, an armoire's doors had opened on their own. Oh, my God. Um, Ew. The, ta- the lamp moving to the floor is so creepy to me, because it didn't fall, it just moved. Which, like, the, the investigative team didn't know until the tour guide followed them in and said that's not supposed to be there that's why is that on the floor that was on the, uh-uh. so mm-hmm. then they used is basically like the ovulus which i love the spirit box that in microsoft sam right. speaks words to you and has a dictionary built in there's basically a texting version of that called puck which is equally expensive and sounds fun yeah but basically you type in the question and then you say it out loud you, you only type it for yourself, so it's logged away. Got it. But you ask a question, and then it's almost like a silent ovulus spirit box. So instead of it saying the word out loud, the same built-in dictionary just shows you text re- of the word. It just reads it out for that you. It's so spooky, too, But so though. it's like you're almost having, like, a text conversation with these ghosts. Oh, God, it's like AIM. It's like instant messenger. I wonder what his, uh, what his handle was. I wonder what his away message was. I don't know. All the way down. <laughs> I saw you. Gavin DeGraw, maybe? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, they're using this texting service, I suppose. And as a train is passing by and you can hear it through the window, they thought that that was like an opportunity to ask a question. So they said, what is passing us right now? And apparently the ghost took it differently and didn't know that they were talking about the train. They, they thought he meant spirits. So when he said, what is passing us right now? The word French showed up. (gasps) So Leyland French was walking past them. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, they felt really cold energy blowing around all of them. And when they asked out loud, what did... And remember, Leyland French used... He was doing, like, different rituals Mm, to mm -hmm. talk to spirits. So they asked, what did you use to see spirits? And then the text message app thing wrote back stones. It's like crystals and stuff. Oh. Then they said, what part of your body did the spirits use, like, to talk to you? Sure. And it came back ears. And he was known to like hear. He was known He's for like, hearing a bunch of spirits. <laughs> but yeah, so ear. So he got, they got French stones and ears. Yuck. Um, but I, I mean, even if let's say it's like a random yeah. algorithm that just shoots pretty out. Weird. What are the odds you say body part and ears came out? And yeah. Unless and it's, it's like, like triggered. Rigged, right. But even to say French. Yeah, that was weird. That's like, very specific. There should have been no hinting at that. If there's a name. Yeah, it's a name. Pretty weird, huh? Or what do you use stones? Like, I, it's... I don't know. It's very weird. It's spooky. But anyway, that is the story of the McRaven house. That one was... I've never heard of that before. You want to hear something really stupid? 
Yeah, it always. It auto-saved after I deleted all the notes. I saw you <laughs> deleting every line, and I was like, you're going to lose Usually I do that, that, but then I, like, control Z and save it. But I closed it, so now nothing's coming you back. You closed it? So now it's not coming Emma. back. It's just empty. Well, if I ever need the notes, I can listen to this episode. Eva, don't delete anything I said. However, you can go, I think, through old autosaves. You should yeah. be able to access old autosaves. Well, what is it? It's not Word, is it? It's Pages. Okay, I don't know about Pages. I know on Word Shit. you can access old. You can, uh, probably, uh, you can probably access it. Well, I have a backup, and it's called listening to my own fucking show. Oh, so yeah. it's fine. I guess. Moving on. And that's why We Drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, and in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tell me your... Tell me your tale. Actually, let me get a sip of the sweet tea. Please, by all means. Mm. Sip it up. Oh, it's hot. Gross. From how warm it is in here. Yeah. It well. used to have ice in here. How long has it been? You know how room? long. Two minutes. Two long. Three hours. Um, Blaze is ordering food. Do you want anything? Or are you what kind of out? food? I don't know. Mm, no, I'm good. I'll go home. Uh, Unless it's something I really love. He. I just told him to pick whatever. And just order for me, oh, so good. Got I it. don't know what it is. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Well, and also I can probably promise you that it'll be either gross like, to me, gross, but gross like, to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anchovy pizza? Like, maybe. We've been, yeah. You guys are foul. Oh, your, please. Your eating habits are so gross. No, work on those not. next. Work on, the, work like, on cutting out anchovies next. Eva, leave this in here. Does anybody <laughs> else agree with this? Or is M Christine is M right? loves anchovies. I, okay, but I love a lot of food. It's not like I only eat anchovies. You're just hung up on that I like anchovies. You and I ha- do have very different like, tastes, though. What, Caesar salad? You don't like a Caesar salad? Mm-mm. Okay, but that's a normal food. It's not that weird. Okay, but getting pizza with anchovies on it is definitely weird. It's not weird. (laughs) It's delicious. Also, just in general, you and I have very different food tastes. We have actually the opposite. Like, truly. Complete opposite food taste. Anything I think sounds delicious, I can pretty much guarantee Christine would hate. Even if it's like a a normal food. Actually, I don't know, because I don't dislike really any foods. You dislike more foods that I like. It's yes. more like if there's something I love, you probably hate it. That's true. I think it's more the the formula. Like I'm really, I'm I'll eat anything. Really against Korean food. I can't. Uh, my stomach can't handle it for some reason. Oh, and I don't think it tastes very great. Yum. I like. I don't know. And I, I when I first met you, you and Blaze were on a Korean food kick, and so you guys would be like, "Oh, we're eating Korean. <laughs> we're eating Korean for dinner," and I'd be like, "Oh, I'll eat something else before there I." There is no cuisine that I don't like. So like, I think the problem is just that I like a, a wide variety of things. There's a, a lot, lot of cuisines I don't like. you don't like them. <laughs> that's more fair. I think that's more of the... I'm more picky for sure. Because I'm not really picky, but I think that's the problem. Like, Do you like I, pineapple on your pizza? No. Yeah, I love that. Gross. I okay, now so you're a sicko. No, it's so good. There should not be fruit in my food. Like, sweet fruit should not be in my savory But you should food. have something sweet with something salty, which makes perfect no, sense. No, you shouldn't. That's wrong. <laughs> okay. That's incorrect. Okay. <clears throat> says someone who likes anchovies on your pizza i'll take you seriously with your pizza tastes mm-hmm. yeah says the person who likes pineapple fruit canned fruit on their pizza like do you hear yourself at least mine is like an actual protein what about like a hawaiian pizza if you threw some that's ham on disgusting. that disgusting and i okay. also don't eat pigs that's true i don't eat the ham for the record i don't like hawaiian pizza i just like pineapple pizza so i'm only 50 percent gross that's gross because that's not even a normal food that's like you made your own sick food double pineapple this is my Literally on my Domino's I'm pizza going profile. going to scream at you. When I tell my Echo to deliver a pizza to me, she knows exactly... You probably what, just ordered one. She knows exactly what I want. You just ordered me an anchovy pizza, thank you. Because <laughs> my Echo knows what the hell I want. God, our Echos are not friends. We'd be terrible roommates. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'm getting a pizza, so do you want me to buy you your own whole pizza? Or do you want no pizza? I'd be like, I'm cooking some Korean food. And you'd be like, fuck you, I'm ordering pineapple pizza. <laughs> At least you know I'm never going to eat anything out of your fridge. I mean, literally the first time you came over, Blaze and I tried to cook for you and you were like, get out of my face, please. This is horrifying. <laughs> I'm ordering a burger. Yes, I think that sounds right. Uh, I'm lucky that Blaze and I are both very uh, uh, adventurous with our food. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah, I'm scared of everything. Yeah. All right. Well, Moving on. Uh, now that we've completed this therapy session, <laughs> let me tell you about what I picked for my topic this week. Okay. So this, I was like trying to find a topic this week and I was going through a couple and I wasn't like super happy. I just got a notification. Your Postmates order has been accepted. So. I thought it was going to be your Domino's pizza has been delivered. <laughs> oh my God. So who knows what the hell Blaze ordered, but I'm going to be very <laughs> it's a surprise. curious. Um, okay. Oh, Blaze just texted me. I ordered you tacos. So. Oh, that's nice. Sorry, Em. I'm down with tacos. So, okay. But about 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 uh so i couldn't decide between like between several topics and then i went on twitter and i just so happened to see a tweet from nicole that said hey why don't you cover this guy and i was like never heard of him okay so i just went totally love a good 
suggestion tweet. Yeah, total 180, just out of the blue. So thank you, Nicole. Um, she said that Michael Swango, which is the topic that I'm covering. Okay. Uh, he is imprisoned right near where she lives. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> neighbors. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to cover Michael Swango today, who I had never heard of. Okay, so Michael Swango, he was born in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, oh, love Tacoma. Never been. Oh, it's very fun. You would like it. And then he immediately moved to Quincy, Illinois. Okay, never mind. <laughs> love it. Never been there. <laughs> oh, you'd love it. Oh. It's really fun. <laughs> uh, he played clarinet in his high school band, who was valedictorian. Graduate. Me too. Yeah, same. Uh-huh. Samesies. Oh, God. Did Geo just fall? I think Blaze scared him. Uh, he was valedictorian, uh, just like us, as you can tell by all our wealth of knowledge. Wealth. About chemistry and... Yes. Hmm, all the other... If wealth equals the opposite of wealth... <laughs> My poor education. All our poverty of education. <laughs> right. The Lack God. of oxygen to my brain is yeah. more what it seems yeah. like these days. So he played clarinet in his high school band, was valedictorian, graduated in 72. Uh, after high school, he enrolled in Millican University in Decatur, Illinois, where he received a full music scholarship. So he went to school oh, nice. for music. Um, he had really good grades during his first two years. He was known as being a brilliant student. However, then his girlfriend dumped him. Oh, boy. And he did not handle that well. Turn for the worst. Turn for the worst. He uh, he became a total outcast. Um, he was a recluse. His outlook completely changed for the negative. Uh, he decided to quit school and join the Marines. So he's okay. like, peace out. No more music for me. I'm done. I'm a, di- I'm a changed man. <sighs> changed man. All because of Megan dumping me. <sighs> Ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. We've all been there. Um... Quitting our clarinet career. (laughs) Thanks, Megan. Uh, So he did well in the Marines, but he decided after a while that he wanted to go back to college and become a doctor. So off he went uh, back to Quincy, but he ended up going to Quincy University this time. Um, And side note, like, I don't know, this didn't become relevant, but it was like mentioned that his time in the armed forces inspired him to make fitness a major part of his life. So he was same. (laughs) Well, I was going to, I literally wrote same in my notes after this sentence. He was often seen jogging or performing calisthenics and was known to perform push-ups as a form of self-punishment. Okay. Wow. Same. same. <laughs> Actually went from ironic to real, <laughs> realistic very fast. Um, so he was often seen jogging and performing calisthenics and he was known to perform push-ups as a form of self-punishment when his instructors criticized him for something mm. like Jesus. Ain't that the truth. However, he graduated summa cum laude. He was awarded the American Chemical Society Award, and then he decided to go on to med school. Wow, this is like basically a reading my biography. Right? I was like, oh, God, Emma, I can relate so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went on to med school at Southern Illinois University, SIU, School of Medicine. And this is kind of where things took a turn. And I said, never mind, I don't want to be associated with this person anymore. So apparently, um, Swango began to display what one article called troubling behavior during his time at SIU. Hmm. Uh, so he was extremely bright, like I said, but he spent most of his time uh, working as an ambulance attendant rather than focusing on his studies, and he started to display a fascination with dying patients. Uh, many of his patients ended up coding uh, when he worked on the ambulance, and at least five died while under his care. What's coding? Like when you, like a code stroke or a code, like oh, uh, uh, when you go into like immediate shock or something, li- like life-threatening danger. Got and it. You have to call a code. Um, so at least five died while under his care. And uh, his classmates and teachers were kind of like, some, like he's not, we don't trust this guy. <laughs> and 
Good, mm, not great. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they were like, something's up. We don't really trust him. And nearing graduation, it was discovered, kind of unsurprisingly to a lot of people, that he Swango had faked checkups during his OBGYN rotation. So he had just like for, forged the checkups and been like, yeah, I was there. I did it and made it all up. So he was almost expelled. Wow. Keyword almost. Okay. Uh, which I think nowadays you'd be fucking expelled if you were in med school and you were like, I made up all these patients. Like, right. you can't do that. So he was almost expelled, but one member of the committee voted to give him a second chance. Um, and since at the time, a unanimous vote was required for a student to be dismissed, he was allowed oh, yikes. to graduate. <laughs> yep, because of that one person. So he graduated with a medical degree on the condition that he repeat his OBGYN rotation okay. and not forge all the... Can you imagine? Jeez. He's your doctor and you're like, really? Like this guy who failed the first time and now he has I to... I feel bad for the second round of people who right. have to be his... Exactly. And his care again. Nah. No, thanks. Uh, so all this, despite the fact that over the past few years, his fellow students and faculty members were reporting concerns about his competence to practice medicine. But that one person said, let's give him a second chance. So he graduated. So unsurprisingly, on gra upon graduation, he got a very poor evaluation from the dean. But surprisingly, he was accepted into a surgical internship at Ohio State University Medical Center to be followed by a residency in neurosurgery. So, like, somehow, hmm. despite all of that back history. So now he's allowed to work on brains. Yeah. Super duper. He went from vaginas all the way up. Oh, from toe to head. The most important parts. The two most important parts. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So now, weirdly enough, okay, so I did not know this was, like, based a lot of the story in Columbus. And literally yesterday, Alexander and I uh, recorded an episode of Beach to Sandy based at Ohio State University in Columbus and all the bars, reading reviews of the bars around it. So... I don't know. I'm just stuck on this campus, I guess. And that's where Renee goes to school. So I'm Got like, it. I can't escape it. Apparently some shit goes down Love at this it. school, including this guy's allowed to work on your brain. Mm -hmm. So this was in 1983. Um, and <laughs> I actually like was thinking about this. Can you imagine if there was Facebook back then and like you knew this guy in college and then all of a sudden he's like in this neurosurgery rotation at OSU and you're like, wait, what the fuck? That guy cheated like the entire <laughs> right, right, right. time and spent all his time like watching people die on the ambulance and now he's a fucking nerd like that would just be so i can't imagine having to do like a, a round with him yeah such hot gossip i feel like there's no way he had friends at his job right it didn't seem so and i will go on to explain more in depth about his working life but it did not seem that he was very um social yeah pos it's socially popular exactly got it um so during his time at osu Nurses noticed that healthy patients began dying mysteriously with alarming frequency. How did they not pull him away? This is what I never understand. Well, I will tell you. Um, and oddly, the nurses picked up that Swango had been the floor intern each time one of these patients died mysteriously with alarming frequency. Then at that point, I would also be like, I would, if I were somehow capable of it, I would be not just suing this guy. I'd be suing the entire staff. It's like, oh, if you've picked up on all this information, why are you not taking him away from working here? Get ready. Oh, okay. The nurses reported their concerns to administrators collectively, but were met with accusations of paranoia and were ignored. Oh, my God. Let me guess. The, so all the administration were straight white men and all of the <laughs> nurses that reported it were smart ass women. So essentially they were fucking ignored and they were like, we tried our best. Mm -hmm. They were there. They saw it with their own two eyes and they got ignored. So... So they did what they could. They okay. did what they, I mean, there were just sometimes you just couldn't fucking do anything, I guess. Got it. You could if you had power and they just didn't. Sure. Sucks. 
So Swango was cleared by a cursory investigation in 84. However, his work had been so slovenly, quote unquote, that OSU was like, never mind, you don't get that neurosurgery residency after your internship. So mm. they let him finish the internship, but then they were like, you got to go resident residence it up somewhere else. Got it. No more brains. <laughs> uh, please, no more brains. Please. That's I beg of you. I beg of you. Don't go in my head. <laughs> uh, it was later revealed that OSU officials here it is to answer the question we're afraid that swango would sue if he were fired so instead they just tried to get him out of columbus i see <laughs> they were like let him finish his fucking internship and then like get him out of here got it like got it, got there's it. fishy stuff going on we don't want to fire him and have him sue us and whatever so instead of complicating things let's make him someone else's problem got it which does not solve anything it just moves the problem elsewhere mm-hmm. um swango did not tell his family about all this trouble he was in at ohio state uh instead he said he was moving because he didn't like the doctors in ohio <laughs> okay what do, alrighty. so i'm going back to illinois i, I guess <laughs> i don't know so he did he went back to quincy in 1984 and began working as an emergency medical technician with the adams county ambulance corps now they did not do a background check and if they had done a background check they would have discovered that uh swango had been fired from another ambulance service for making a heart patient drive themselves to the hospital shut the fuck up that which, is so stupid which what <laughs> i don't even know how to process that sentence it just says for making a heart patient like i don't i don't either so like i'm not feeling good let me uh you get a uh, you get bitch seat i'm gonna drive the ambulance now i get the iv this time you get to drive <laughs> So while working for this new ambulance company, um, he began making some inappropriate and strange comments related to death and people dying. He would become visibly excited over CNN news stories about mass killings and horrific auto accidents. Um, charming. He also loved to bring in donuts and coffee for his coworkers, and pretty soon uh, the paramedics on staff began noticing that whenever Swingo made coffee or brought in donuts they would become violently ill. Wow. So after several of them ended up in the hospital and literally tested positive for poison, police obtained a search warrant for Swango's home. And inside, they found hundreds of drugs and poisons, several containers of ant poison, books on poison, and syringes. So Swango was arrested and charged with aggravated battery and sentenced to five years imprisonment for poisoning his coworkers. And this was a felony charge. So okay. It was later revealed that he was poisoning their coffee and donuts with ant poison. <laughs> yeah well okay i gathered that yeah yeah we figured that part out okay so about this time when all this was coming to light osu people turned to osu and were like wait what the fuck this was reported to you by all these nurses and you didn't do jack shit you didn't report it you didn't do anything you said they were paranoid so osu got into some big trouble so or osu's med school um and they were criticized for not contact contacting the police or taking other measures and now look he's doing crimes because you He's, like, literally poisoning people because you didn't do anything. So at least there's a little bit of, I don't know. Sure. Call, there's a silver lining. Calling them out, at least. I don't think it did anything, but whatever. No. In 1989, um, Swango got out of prison. Um, he found work as a counselor at the State Development Center in Newport News, Virginia. <gasps> CNU? What up? Been there. No, I haven't. Heard it's it, a lovely heard it's town. Fun. What did you say? You'd like it. It's fun. You would like it. It is fun. I bet. Um, not in 1989, it wasn't. Oh. Um, pretty soon it was discovered that he had turned a room in the office building basement into a kind of bedroom where he would, like, hide out in the night. Uh, but he was officially forced to resign. Now, this sentence, just listen to this sentence. He was officially forced to resign when he was caught working on a scrapbook of disasters on his work time. 
Hmm. Now I Googled. I was, okay. Go ahead. No, please. I was going to say, you do that when you're not on your work time. (laughs) I do that as my work. That is my work. (laughs) That's literally my work time. Yeah. So I did. I Googled scrapbook of disasters thinking maybe I don't know what that means. Is that a <laughs> maybe thing? that's a code word? Maybe for that's something. a CNU thing, and it's just I don't get go it. captains. <laughs> us and our scrapbooks of destruction. So I was like, "Wow, what the fuck is that?" Uh, and then I looked it up, and of course, it was literally just pages of like earthquake disasters. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that is what I do." That's not what this was. I went digging to find out what the hell they were talking about. On that catalog, I found some more information about his childhood, and this explains this like casual scrapbook of disaster they mentioned. So I'm just going to quote from from this article. From the age of three, Swango showed an unusual interest in violent death. Uh-oh. As he got older, he became fixated on stories about the Holocaust, particularly those that contained pictures of the death camps. His interest was so strong that he began to keep a scrapbook of pictures and articles about fatal car wrecks and macabre crimes. His mother would also contribute to his scrapbooks when she came across such articles. Is this your child? <laughs> Are you the mother? <laughs> Are we reading a future news article? I don't support enjoying the Holocaust, to be clear here. That is not at all okay. Amen. Right. I think that goes without saying that is not We're why. not scared of lesbians, and also we absolutely do not condone anything no! involving the Holocaust. Oh my god. So anyway, by the time he started at SIU, he had put together several fucking scrapbooks of just like pictures of car wrecks and like bloody... What is this guy's problem? A lot. A big... The big lot problems. How is it that nobody... Did he hide all of this stuff and nobody well, saw clearly, it? clearly. He just got fired because he was doing it on work time. Like, he literally... They walked in in his... But I mean, like, earlier on, like, you said his mom was, like, helping him. Yeah, that was as a child. Yeah, but, like, from... Like, clearly he was showing them to people as a child. Did, like, yeah, nobody it see like it in, like... the 60s. Like, what are they going to do? That's true. It's, I mean, you know, I don't think child therapy was, like, a common practice. You're right. Um, it's super fucking weird that his mom was like okay fun this is a good bonding activity for us Ugh. yeah so i don't know Vomitous. i mean you're right it's horrifying but apparently this became a running thing that he would do at work so uh then after he was fired for literally scrapbooking on the job he uh found a job as a lab tech for a local coal company in virginia and um, oddly enough, what a surprise, around the time he started working there, other employees began seeking medical attention with complaints of persistent and increasing stomach pains. And that, this included the president of the company and one of the execs who was nearly comatose. Um, so he was like, fu- like really fucking these people up. Um, it was around this time, too, that he met a woman named Kristen Kinney, and she was a nurse at Riverside Hospital. They fell in love and decided to get engaged. Uh, he worked at this coal company until 91, and then he was like, mm, I'm over this. I want to be a doctor again. Oh, boy. Yeah. In 1991, uh, Swango legally changed his name to Daniel J. Adams and began forging documents in an attempt to reestablish himself as a doctor. Okay. This is like Catch Me If You Can, but like terrible. Right. Like, but, but like not. If Catch Me If You Can was a horror movie. Right, right. Like no redeeming qualities of Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> So, uh, for example, he forged a fact sheet from the Illinois Department of Corrections. So remember that felony that he had, uh, that felony charge? Yes. So uh, he changed that felony charge and said that he had just been convicted of a misdemeanor for getting into a fight at a restaurant. Uh, and okay. he kind of just scratched out the part that said he spent five years in prison for a felony for poisoning people. Right. For literally trying to <laughs> kill people. <laughs> um, so 
most states actually won't grant a medical license to a violent felon. I wonder why. I wonder why. Considering um, a violent conviction, felony conviction to be evidence of unprofessional conduct, especially for the medical industry. So uh, he had to forge. So he even forged a uh, a letter from Virginia Governor Gerald Belisles. Bel- 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 I don't know. Do you know? I don't know anything. Okay. Uh, he forged a restoration of civil rights letter from the Virginia governor at the time named Gerald. Uh, and Gerald, in this fake letter, stated that he had restored Swango's right to vote and serve on a jury, you know, because he was a felon. He's like, no, I've restated his right to vote as governor because I have reports from his friends and colleagues that he has committed no further crimes and he is leading an exemplary lifestyle. So he, like, made this fake-ass letter from the governor. And I was like, look, the governor says I can vote again. If you have, like, let's, <laughs> PSA, if you ever have to forge a letter from the governor that you're a good person, you're probably <laughs> not a good person. Yeah. If you have to make up a, a list of rule. several, if you have to think of, <laughs> if there's nobody you can think of who would say a nice thing about you, unless it was from a forged letter that you did yourself. You need to rethink your choices. That basically just said, I mean, I know he poisoned a bunch of people, but... But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but his friends say he's really nice. Yeah, he's just... It was just funny. It was just a bad day. He was having a bad he day. He should have been there. It was actually hilarious. Oh if only God. you saw. If only you saw. You're just being judgy right now. So, guess what? He got a job at Sanford USD Medical Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and had a great reputation and just, like, had a clean record while he worked there uh, at first. Mm-hmm. So of he's course. like, he got in. He's like, he got what he wanted. Step one down. Step one. But then, as it is with these uh, narcissistic sociopaths, he got mm-hmm. a little too cocky. And he decided he was going to join the American Medical Association again. Bold. And they're like, well, we do a background check, like a real one. Um, so, like, we so know. So now he's forging the internet and <laughs> right. he's going like, to be an upstanding citizen. I don't know what he thinks is going to happen. They do a full background check and find out obviously about his felony and his poison conviction. And they're like, they tell his workplace like, Hey, did you know about this? And after they find this out that Thanksgiving day of that year, the discovery channel aired an episode of justice files that included a segment about Swango. Okay. And his time in prison. And he had done a 2020 interview in prison. Of Shut up. After the fucking poisoning. He's <laughs> such a narcissist. He's like, I'll be on TV and not, and get away with and it when I don't want name. people to notice. Exactly. And so fucking dumbass. So they put this 2020 interview on Discovery Channel and his, or his, uh, his employers are like, uh, no, you're fired. And at this point, <laughs> poor... Poor Kristen, his wife, is like, wait, what? Like, she has no fucking clue God. about any of this. Can you imagine, though, can you imagine in a fake world where he actually, like, was separated at birth from an identical twin and he <gasps> had no idea. And his whole life is ruined because his twin, like, had a special on Discovery. Can you imagine being like, oh, I no, see. I didn't do this. That I didn't do this. Me. Yeah. That'd be wild. Anyway. It would be, except that he had the exact same name and identifying papers as that person. Lifetime, are you listening? <laughs> Make that somehow TM, a feasible though. story. TM, don't pay us for that. Don't sure. steal it. Sure, sure. Stop Lifetime, st- email us for rights to that. Lifetime, stop stealing my ideas. <laughs> Not again. Um, okay, so his wife, Kristen, is like, what the fuck? I had no idea about this. Sure. So soon after she makes this lovely discovery about her husband, uh, she begins suffering from violent migraines. 
Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Her illness became so bad that she was actually placed in a psychiatric hospital after the police found her wandering in the street nude and confused as to her whereabouts. So literally he just fucked her up so much with he knew he was gonna get caught and he was like let's just poison her he just was like time to go so uh in april 1993 unable to take anymore kristen was like i'm leaving i'm going back to virginia to be with my family but soon after leaving her migraine suddenly went away shocker um however just a few weeks later swango showed up on her doorstep in virginia and begged her to get back together and Uh so they did so despite what the American Medical Association had discovered about him, um, Swango, in the meantime, had managed to lie his way into the, a psychiatric residency program at Stony Brook University in New York, what? where where once again his patients began dying for no ex- explicable reason. Um, and so he actually had relocated and left, like he and Kristen were still together, but he had relocated to New York and she was in Virginia and they talked on the phone regularly. Uh, during their last phone conversation, Kristen learned that Swango had emptied out her entire checking account. And the next day, which was July 15th, 1993, Kristen died by suicide after oh, shit. shooting herself in the chest. Fuck. And so during her autopsy, they found arsenic in her system. So her mother, right, Sharon, is like... A badass. Fucking pissed. Right. She's like, ass. this guy did... This guy is the reason my daughter yeah. went through so much trauma. Sure. Um, and she's not wrong. So Sharon, she's horrified to find out that like he's still practicing medicine after all this. Um, so she gets in touch with Kristen's friend, a fellow nurse in South Dakota, where Swango had been fired previously and says, like, do you know that this guy's still working? Like, he's working in New York now, even though you guys fired him. Uh, so the nurse tells the dean who calls Stony Brook and is like, yo, that employee you have is full of shit and he was on the discovery channel you should watch it it's a great show <laughs> uh ringing endorsement ringing endorsement for firing your employees <laughs> exactly the uh, opposite of zip recruiter right it's kind of like glass door yeah but not exactly but more entertaining <laughs> uh so to try and pre- to try to prevent another medical facility from being duped by swango because like he had gone to like four different states and been able to pull this off uh, the dean sent letters to all the medical schools in the United States and over 1,000 teaching hospitals in the country, warning them about Swango's past and his sneaky tactics to gain admission. And he was then pressured to resign. So the dean was like, okay, I'm resigning because I fucked up and I hired this guy. But right. before I do, I'm telling literally thousands of hospitals in this country, like, right, keep don't an eye hire out. this guy. Yeah. So at least he did something noble on his way out. Uh, so. Swango had been working before he was fired at a veterans affairs facility, which meant it was a government Mm. body, which meant the FBI was like, we're going to get in on this. Good. So the FBI uh, is like, we're going to investigate. However, Swango peaced out again uh, and he was able to hide from the FBI for a couple years. And then they were like, oh, my gosh, we found him. He's living in Atlanta. He's working as a chemist of all things. And they knew about his like obsession with uh, mass murder and stuff. And they were like, we got to catch this guy before he does something like a terrorist attack basically so uh especially if he's working with chemicals like who knows what the hell he's gonna do so they're like okay we found him he's atlanta let's go arrest him but by the time they got there he had fled the country he went to zimbabwe Uh, okay he used forged documents to obtain a job uh, at a lutheran hospital in the center of zimbabwe and again uh, he was liked at first but a few months in people noticed that his patients began dying mysteriously Chalker. As a result of the medical direct uh, suspicions of the medical director there, he was suspended. 
Um, but since they couldn't do like full on autopsies, they didn't have the, the um, proof, the resources. Yeah, they couldn't prove it. So they couldn't come up with any real like proof or evidence. So uh, instead of like going back to just, I don't know, some other field or hobby like scrapbooking, I don't know. Right. Uh, he decided he wanted to be a doctor again and work. God uh, damn it. And just keep doing it. So uh, he just continued to fucking poison people in the meantime. Uh, he was renting a room from a widow in town who one night suddenly became violently ill after eating a meal that he had so generously cooked for her and her friend. Um, and then she she was suspicious, so she contacted the local surgeon who was like, this sounds like arsenic poisoning, and asked her to send hair samples in. Lo and behold, her hair samples had fucking arsenic in them. <gasps> and so Zimbabwe authorities called Interpol, who called uh, the FBI, and were like, yo, he's... Over here. He's here. We found him. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Fresh. I'll, p- I'll put a pin on him so you can go find him. <laughs> yeah. We'll do like find my friends right. on his iPhone. You can come find him in Zimbabwe. So they're like, oh, he's here. He's here. So they're like, we got him. We got him. Um, But then he flees the country to Zambia. God damn it. Then to Namibia. Then he's like, oh, cool. There's a job opening at the Royal Hospital in, in Duran, Saudi Arabia. Oh, my God. So he's like, great. I'm going to go to Saudi Arabia with my forged paperwork and be a doctor there. I'm conf- I'm this is <laughs> also an ignorant question. But how is he how is there not a language barrier everywhere he's going? Well, I mean, there are a lot of programs like, for example, the first when he went to um, Zambia. Nope. He went to where do you go first? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Uh, there was a program. Oh, fuck forget what it was called options or something i don't remember but it was like a bridge program to to bring u.s doctors got it to okay. uh two different nations and they would practice there so that's kind of got he, it he signed up with them and they sent him over there i see so there was that and then he just kind he's of he's finding his way he's he making his work. way yeah um so then he was like oh there's this job in saudi arabia so he's like i'm gonna fly there fucking dumbass got a layover in chicago shut the fuck up <laughs> so he lands in chicago oh my god and the fbi is like oh there he is <laughs> hello i guess Hi. we'll catch you at o'hare then literally at o'hare they fucking pick him up and they're like Perfect. well that was easier than flying to saudi arabia i guess <laughs> and having to like extradite him so yeah so they fucking catch him in chicago of all time things and they actually got him this time um he pleaded guilty to defrauding the government and was sentenced to three and a half years in prison um, but that was so. At this point, they're like, "Okay, so he sentenced to fraud. Was sentenced for fraud, but we know that he also was probably killing people. people. Yes, right. So they used that time that he was in prison to like examine everything and get a case against him. Got it. But before he was sentenced to sent to prison, the sentencing judge ordered that Swango not be allowed to prepare or deliver food in the jail. <laughs> what? <laughs> or have any involvement in preparing or distributing drugs. So he was not working in the kitchen. Is, gotcha. Is the point of that? Probably, I'm not. I'm not shocked. For the best. Um, I'm glad they thought to do that. Smart. So again, they were like, "Let's figure out what the hell he did." So they exhumed the bodies of several of his past patients who had died mysteriously, and lo and behold, they found poisonous chemicals in their systems. They also found evidence that Swingo paralyzed a patient named Baron Harris with an injection of a sedative that caused him to lapse into a coma, and he died November 9th, nineteen ninety three. They also found evidence that he had lied about the death of a patient he treated when he was interning at OSU. She was 19. Her name was Cynthia Ann McGee, and she was under his care. And he died, or he died. He reported that she had died of heart failure, but it turns out he had intentionally stopped her heart with an injection of potassium. That's NACL, right? 
<laughs> Don't even do this to me. Chalk? I do know potassium is K. Okay, good. I think. It is. It okay. is K. <laughs> and I see y'all. Oh. Moving on. Uh, so, right, he had potential, or he had intentionally stopped her heart. She was only 19. Really That's awful. fucking tragic. So they found out he had done that. Um, so then a week before, less than a week before he was due to be released from that three and a half year fraud sentence, they finally were like, we got you. We're charging you with three counts of murder, one count of assault. And then meanwhile, the authorities in Zimbabwe were also charge- charging him with poisoning seven patients and killing five. Oh, shit. So they were like, yeah, we know. Zimbabwe was not here to fuck around. <laughs> no, they're like, we're fucking in on it, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on September 6, 2000, Swango pled guilty to murder and fraud. During the trial, prosecutors presented a spiral-bound diary belonging to Swango, and this is where we really get into the fucking gross depths of his brain. So the diary proved that Swango killed for the pure joy of watching and smelling death. Oh my god, smelling. Yep. That's it, new. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it is. Huh? Finally. It's, it's quote, nice it's to a, have something new all of a sudden. A fresh take. Yep. Except not fresh at all. Not fresh at all. It also showed that he loved to read macabre thrillers about doctors who thought they had the power of, quote, the almighty. Oh, Lord. So, so narcissist. Narcissist. Um, this is from a New York Times article. Uh, he had transcribed a passage in small script of what prosec- from what prosecutors said was a book called The Torture Doctor. Oh, wow. Yeah. My least favorite sounding book of all time. Which they described as an obscure, true-to-life novel published in 1975 about a 19th-century doctor who goes on a quiet murder spree and tries to poison his wife with succinylcholine. I asked Blaze if I said that right. Apparently, I did. Succinylcholine chloride. Succinylcholine chloride. And Blaze said that they abbreviated it as sucks at the hospital. Well, <laughs> I was like, it sure does. I don't blame you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I asked what it does, and he says it basically paralyzes. It's like a muscle. It paralyzes your body, and they like blaze use it when intubating patients because you need to paralyze the vocal cords. However, if you are not unconscious and you fucking do this, it shuts off your. Like it's terrible. I mean, it's a terrible way it's like to a sleep die. Paralysis, kind of. It's like you paralyze your whole body and you can't breathe alone. Like that's Fuck. why they use it for intubating. Like you need to something needs to be breathing sure. for you. So it's terrible anyway. Uh, he's like, wow, that would be a terrible way to die. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it fucking wow. would be. So, um, anyway, they can't move or breathe. And then, so that's what the story was about. And he seemed to be fascinated with this. Got it. Uh, the, the subject or the, sorry, the passage that he quoted was as follows. He could look at himself in a mirror and tell himself that he was one of the most powerful and dangerous men in the world. He could feel that he was a God in disguise. <sighs> Gross. Sick bastard. Uh, another passage passage uh, that Mr. Swango wrote from his own thoughts and brain and lovely, intelligent, godlike mind was, quote, when I kill someone, it's because I want to. It's the only way I have of reminding myself that I'm still alive. OK, fuck off. Um, and then there was another passage he quoted uh, from a text called My Secret Life. And it was as follows to describe his passion for death. I love it. Sweet, husky, close smell of an indoor homicide. Shut up. That is so gross. So gross. He admitted to three murders, including Cynthia's. Uh, one witness actually said she had seen him sitting on the radiator watching one of his victims Ew. die. And she had reported it. Obviously, nothing came of it. 
Uh, Swango was sentenced to three consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole and is serving that sentence at the ADX Florence Supermax prison near Florence, Colorado, next door to Nicole. <laughs> Yay, Nicole! <laughs> oh, don't eat any of the cookies he brings over. Correct. Authorities believe he murdered up to 60 people <sighs> and poisoned countless others, including coworkers, friends, and his own wife. Oh, my God. So he was sentenced for three, potentially up to 60 people. And that is the fucked up story of Michael Swango. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, what the hell? Finally, I have someone to like sarcastically thank, except Christine. <laughs> and Megan. Yeah, and Megan and priests. <laughs> and priests in general. Uh, <sighs> well. And OSU Med School. Good I don't, job, guys. I don't know what to say about any of this, except just I've said it. A million times, but there's got to be like a ranking process or like a review <laughs> process for all doctors always on the Internet. There's like there's a couple, but there needs to be like a full blown rate my professors, but rate my doctors. And I if mean, there is an ounce of he tried to kill someone I know, don't go to him. I mean, to be fair, though, the Internet is not the best place for that kind of thing, because that's true. Because they can make up can stories. literally access the then Internet. Because it could be like Wikipedia and say, oh, this man tried to or this woman tried to or this person tried to kill me with this prescription like oh you know, wait you're right i didn't even think about like that. anyone can say anything on the internet mm. i mean maybe if the governing bodies of these uh fields were a little more on top of competent. it i mean this was again in the 80s so hopefully, hopefully it's improved hopefully we've advanced um, how about this if you're on a, an administration board and someone comes to you with a complaint research the shit out of it please well especially if many people come with, with right. the same complaint. don't dismiss these things only because you're scared of firing someone right anyway all right. It says me who would like be so terrified to fire someone ever. Right. I'd right, probably right. let them murder. Especially someone. one that is a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably let them murder before I fire them. Um, that's not true. Okay, guys, it's getting dark in here. We should probably hang up the phone. Sure. Hang up the phone. Click. <laughs> uh, uh, hang up the landline. The SpongeBob right. landline. Well, thank you guys for listening. Do we have any tickets left for Nola? A few, I believe. All right. All right. Well, you can go buy them. <laughs> All right. All right. Clearly, Christine has checked out. So come see us. There's like five tickets left. All right. And that's why we drink. Yay. In a fast paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.